Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Asian Wonder Woman podcast. I'm Ivy. And I'm Emily. And we are here to talk about our travels, our remote work, and all the things that we're experiencing. So today, for the first episode, I thought we would start with who we are, how we met, what we want to do with this podcast, and a bit more about our community. So to kick it off, I'm Ivy again, and I am one of the co-founders of Asian Wonder Woman. Outside of Asian Wonder Woman, I run a education startup called Prequel, and it owns multiple different brands teaching kids essential life skills like entrepreneurship, leadership, curiosity, how to deal with world problems, etc. And we run programs for kids aged 9 to 18, totally remotely. So that's why I'm able to work abroad. I've been nomadic since 2018 when I left Silicon Valley, which is actually where I met Emily, and head for the road where I thought I was going to take a sabbatical, which ended up being extended because I just loved being able to live in a different place every one to two months. And that just continued until today. And I'm in Tokyo right now where I have to work nights and mornings, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Emily, why don't you go? Yeah. So hi, everyone. I'm Emily. I'm the other co-founder of AWE, as we like to call it. I am a community strategist and currently a content creator. So as Ivy mentioned, we both met in San Francisco, which is where I spent the bulk of my career working and building different communities for companies like Booking, Google, OmniSci. And then the past three years, I have been in Singapore uh, working for a tech media company and Stripe. So I was there for three years, loved the whole expat life, but realized that I could actually just work remotely and live anywhere else in the world. But due to wanting to be closer to family, um, I actually decided to quit my job. And I currently now consult a startup in New York, and I'm trying to break into content creation. And right now, I spend my time rotating between San Francisco, Singapore, and Taiwan. Um, so yeah, that's me in a nutshell. I totally didn't talk about my time in Silicon Valley. Like, Emily, you talked about all of the different <laughs> startups that you worked at. I'm like, oh, yeah, my life just started after I left Silicon Valley. And actually... It really feels that way. It was like a huge stage change from my early 20s or our early 20s in California. Um, to kind of make up for that, I uh, am Canadian and I moved to the Bay Area and found a job in tech when that was really not the thing to do. Worked in e-commerce and fintech for two, three years before moving out and starting to travel and building remote companies, which is actually like a great lead into how... Emily, like we met, we really like to tell this story because <laughs> I think Silicon Valley was like actually just like a really special place, first of all, where like almost everyone that you meet in your early 20s are other people in their early 20s who come to Silicon Valley to really make something of themselves and to be super ambitious and, you know, very, very career oriented, no matter where you meet them. And Emily and I like met in a club on her birthday where I didn't really have a great impression. Actually, maybe I can share 
my impression of you first. <laughs> and then I can tell you what I thought. Share <laughs> what you remember of me that night, because I don't think you remember me that night. I met this guy through a friend at a house party. It was the only friend I knew that I was there with. And he wanted to, um, like, we're just not going to mention any names here because I'm still friends with them. They came to my wedding. Um, so, but at this party, I ended up following my friend and his friend to a club where Emily was having her 23rd? I want to say 25th. No, I'm it was not sure. not 25th. I left really? San Francisco when I was 25. Yeah. Then maybe 22nd or 23rd. Or 21st. Actually, no, no, no. It was definitely we'll not 23rd. 23rd. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, you're the same. We're the same age. 2016, 22, maybe 23, 23rd. Yeah. 23rd birthday. I'm like almost certain it was 23rd birthday. Yeah. Where it was like a Friday night or Saturday night. I don't know. And the lines were so long and I was full on sober. And I was like, why am I here? But I only have this like one friend that I was going to spend the night hanging out with. And he lived in South Bay, which was like so far away. And he needed to like crash at my place. So I have to like, I can't go home without him. And we ended up at this club where I was like, I don't even know this other guy. He's going to go meet some girl. Like, why am I here? And as soon as we come in and he's looking for Emily, I see this like drunk girl flailing her arms, running across like the bar and like giving this other guy a hug. And I'm like, okay, well, glad, glad that that happened. And then she waved to me and then I never saw her again. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, we did see each other again, like a couple months later, but my version of the story is like, yeah, I didn't remember anything actually. To be honest, it was like my birthday. So like every birthday I celebrate it at Raven Bar, which those who have gone to that bar specifically, it's like a staple. They play like 90s music. They have like lychee margaritas and like martinis. It's just such a great place and such a great vibe. And from what I remember, yes, I was just like having the time of my life. It was my birthday and I had invited everyone that I knew. And then I think after that event, um, you and I met at like a flea market or like another social event. We did. Do you remember? It was like by the water. I think so. Cause there's a photo of you and me. I'm wearing red and we're like standing on the rocks with like food from like food trucks. That was when we were friends already again, like oh. we were hanging out with <laughs> Sam and his roommates and we went to treasure Island, but that was not the next time that we saw each other. I think the next time oh. we saw each other was your then boyfriend's next birthday where he invited uh, me and like then then we really hit it off because you were not uh, drunk <laughs> and then he realized how cool I was yeah, and vice yeah versa. exactly <laughs> but like we we spent our like early 20s in the bay area where like we went through boyfriends career job changes like I just remember helping you negotiate your first salary or second salary second salary do you remember how much your, your first job did not pay very well? I think it was like $16 an hour or something in California. And No, in full transparency, it was booking.com. So they started with like 45K. Wait, that wasn't your first job. It was. I helped you negotiate that one. There was something before that. Maybe it was an internship that you were, you were already working somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I did a bunch of internships during the summer. And so, yeah, I remember at that time, I was like, oh my God, I was doing like free internships every summer. And then it wasn't until the last year of in school, then I was actually starting to get paid. So maybe that was the one you helped me negotiate with for TripIt SAP. No, no, no. It was booking. It was booking. You had interviewed and then they offered you something like super low. 21 or $22 per hour. And I was like, go for 26 or something. (laughs) And we were like in Golden Gate Park. And then 
like what else happened in California? I think like jobs, boys, clubs, <laughs> parties. Yeah, it was a lot. So I mean, you also went through a lot of transitions too with like your visa, right? Like you were working at Wish and then things happened. Like that was, it was an interesting time because I feel like you and I did hang out for quite a while. And then I think when you left San Francisco, we kind of didn't talk for a while because we're also like nomading and exploring the world. And then it wasn't until like 2020, we kind of like reconnected fully and then built a community together. Yeah. Right? I think what really bonded us like back in San Francisco. Now, thank you for mentioning my story. I was like almost. Yeah. Gone. But I think like what we really connected on was I felt like we were both almost like underdogs coming from places that like don't usually go to Silicon Valley at, at least in 2015. Yeah. Now it's like a little more common to get a job in tech. But mm -hmm. I mentioned in the beginning of my story for me, I went to, I studied business in, I think you did too, maybe <laughs> um, I studied business yeah. in Canada. And even though it was like a top business school in Canada, it was like unheard of. Like that school is just not known in the US and let alone in like Silicon Valley. And I didn't have a network here. So it was really out of like pure grit to be like, I'm going to stay. And it was really difficult for me because it wasn't Wish. Wish was where I ended up. But I joined a company and went under in four months. I had to find like a job because I didn't have a work visa and I barely had work experience. Found another job. The company, like the CEO got caught for fraud or something and then they laid off a huge percentage of the company and I was only at my second company for five weeks first year I had to job hunt three times in order to stay there and I wrote articles about this and how like much of emotional toll it was because I felt so behind from my peers that I couldn't keep a job maybe I should have stayed in Toronto and gotten like a consulting or investment banking job but I really wanted to be in Silicon Valley and I knew what I wanted and I saw that in you too, Emily. Like maybe you can share your story of like going to um, like not like Berkeley and Stanford and like choosing to stay. And like, it's just really hard, right? Yeah, I mean, I went to a state school. So I went to San Francisco State. I mean, not to bash on it or anything publicly, but it wasn't a good college. Like everyone would assume that I went to UC Berkeley like when I started working. And obviously I had to correct them, right? So I would say, oh, no, I went to SF State. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, uh, the one on the hill. And they assume it's uh, UCSF, like the private school. I'm like, no, 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 like, you know, the state school in Daly City. <laughs> it's not even in like the city. But it was hard. I feel like I didn't make a lot of friends at school and I didn't have people to like motivate me or to kind of like be a little bit more ambitious and like think ahead in the future. And then every internship that I applied for, I probably applied for like hundreds every summer. And that's why I took unpaid ones because I couldn't find paid ones. And it was just so competitive because I was competing with kids from like Stanford, Berkeley, private schools around the Bay area. And like it's just, there's just, just such a condensed population of like really intelligent, hardworking kids, especially the ones who've been like going to like private tutoring and, you know, got like perfect scores on the SATs. And so I feel like, yeah, I think you and I really did connect because I felt like I was the underdog in the Bay Area. And you and I just kind of fought our way into things, places, jobs, like doors. And uh, I feel like it's made me a really grittier person and I want something and I'll go and get it but it was tough the the early 20s were tough but I'm really glad that I also like had you as a friend too because like no one told me about salary negotiation and no one told me of like all the different things I could do um, in tech and my career yeah I mean I learned that because I had to interview like I applied to hundreds of companies like because it was my first yeah. day out of school and like to go through that myself was really hard so I think that 
a lot of our success today, if we can call this, I'm like very proud of who I am, very proud of who you are. I think it's like deeply attributed to, like we were kind of like, not necessarily looked down upon, but even I had my prejudices of state schools. I'm like, no really smart kid yeah. goes to like community college or state school. Like I think I learned a lot more when I went to the US. I also yeah. didn't grow up in a US system, so I knew nothing about colleges, but like everyone that I worked with also went to like Stanford, Berkeley, Harvard, MIT, et cetera. And they've never heard of my school. I went to a place called Queens University in Canada, and there's a Queens College in upstate New York that's pretty much probably around the same ranking, and that's where everyone thought I went to. And you're just immediately like, why are you here? Like, why are you in this room? You know? So it just, it definitely, it shows you that, like, it's it was harder for us, but because we overcame it, we're like, oh, yeah, we can do so many more hard things, including being able to live abroad and, like, design our life. Cool. So moving on now from, you know, our San Francisco days that went way deeper than I actually expected this conversation to go. <laughs> but um, I left in 2018. Emily stayed. I think, Emily, you were like a little bit jealous of my like sabbatical trip. And you're like, I'm going to go move to Asia. <laughs> and then we we pretty much didn't really see each other for three years, as you said, and reconnected in 2020 because I knew that at that time I started looking into different business models and like online businesses already. In 2020, at the time that we started Asian Wonder Woman, then Asian Female Nomads, it was already March, where I, just over the last four months, I built a career coaching business because I had interviewed with a lot of companies and like had a lot of experience there. It was actually very easy for me to help others. And I built it to like 15K months and then the pandemic hit. So I had already been looking at a lot of online revenue streams and I knew that like the audience was super important. And a great way to do this is like to lock down on a niche, bring people together, and then just see what comes from it. Um, And that's why I reached out to Emily. Emily was already in the community space and was pretty much like a mini influencer in Singapore. And (laughs) I was like, do you want to build this community for women and like travel kind of thing? What did it feel like for you? Yeah, I remember it was like you reached out and we reconnected and originally we wanted it to be like a woman in tech kind of group, but we both agreed that it had, it had been done like so many times, been overdone. And then both of us were like, what, where our interest? And I think around it was like travel being an Asian woman. And we were okay with the idea of having it much more niche. Whereas like the connections would run a little bit deeper. Uh, the relationships we built would, you know, live on, more like compared to like a 100,000 community compared to like a smaller scale community it's there's a big difference in doing that but I think you and I like it brought us together actually like every week right like we'd have calls every week and like from then until now we still do that and I feel like you know being able to work together as like partners and building this community like made me learn a lot and I think we grew it very organically we don't have marketing budgets all of it was a word of mouth and like through connections and social media so I'm really happy with where we are and how we grew it yeah I remember that very first like week or two when we were setting up the group we did brainstorming around what we wanted to get out of you know doing this project and both of us were like we just want to meet people at that time I was locked in because of the pandemic I just spent the last year and a bit traveling I was building online like I think Actually, no, my mistake. We built in 2021. So at that point, yeah, I have, we had been locked down for a year already. And I had already yeah. built Beta Camp, which is the, the entrepreneurship program for kids. So I knew about like just online marketing and stuff. And 
I wanted to see what we can do with like bringing people of similar interests together. And our main goal was just to like make friends. And I think that has been incredibly successful. I've met some of the most incredible people through the community because they're all people, I think, like me and you that are like, I started off somewhere and I want to get to somewhere else that isn't normal for me, right? Like for me, Canada, non-technical degree, moving to Silicon Valley was not the average path, at least at that time, but I decided that I wanted to pursue it no matter what. And that's similar to a lot of these women who probably like digital nomading and like traveling as a lifestyle didn't exist when we were all growing up. And to be able to discover it and step out of that comfort zone of what the path is ahead of you, I think that really bonds all of us together. Yeah. And I think there's a type of vulnerability that you allow yourself to have when you meet people like yourself. I think a lot of us grew up in these like Asian households where you're very much expected to follow a very conventional route. And there's a lot of like, almost like abandonment or just like disdain for a person who doesn't follow that route uh, because, you know, your parents have sacrificed so much for you to go overseas. Like you should be finding any stable avenue for yourself. Um, but before we go further into like how the group has grown and just, you know, share more anecdotes about like the community and where it is now, uh, I just want to quickly share too that like we had a meetup that had such a great turnout here in Taipei a couple days ago. It was super successful. And just to highlight like a community member, um, Laura Gao, who is a published writer in our community, she basically hosted this meetup and there was like a turnout of like 10 people. Did you see that on Facebook? Yeah, no, I was so like thrilled. That was one of like our biggest communities, like outside of, I think the communities that we're usually part of, which is like San Francisco, New York, Toronto, Singapore. And so it was like incredible to see it just like form organically. Like we didn't plan it, just a community member ran it. Yeah, it was awesome to see. I think like, like Ivy and I didn't have any logistical planning um, in it at all. So it was really Laura who like took the reins and like built it out. But I think that also just shows like how organic this group has grown. Um, I think roughly we're at like 1,400. Yeah, I think we passed 1,400. We're getting like 20, 30 new members right now a day. Yes, <laughs> which is great to <laughs> see. Cause, like, I, yes, because I think Ivy, like Ivy knows too, like I do look at numbers a lot and I'm like, you know, the community is not growing. Like, what are we going to do? Blah, blah, blah. So this has happened over the past couple of years. But I think it just goes to show that like members don't really matter. It's more of like, the actual deep relationships and like the engagement that happens. Yeah. And so many people have said that this group is so special to them. Like Laura is honestly one of the coolest people that I've met. So she's like literally the definition of what we were just describing because she is like, she went to university of Pennsylvania. She grew up as a um, like LGBTQ teen in like middle of Texas somewhere. I, yeah, I have her like comment, Midwest. but I don't remember what the place is because I've just <laughs> never heard of it. And then she like growing Asian and LGBTQ, she went to UPenn and then from there went to Silicon Valley, worked at Twitter as a product manager and then decided that like, hey, like this is not what I want and then became like a comic book artist and is now like a published author. She was like on a lot of different teen comic awards. She has a like agency helping her run events. She's traveling full time, like she's in Taipei right now. And I've seen her like everywhere in the world. We've met up in like San Francisco, Lisbon, New York, (laughs) because we're just like everywhere. So I think this just goes to show all these incredible relationships that you can build once you find like-minded people. And that's 
I'm so happy to have like created this experience. And this is a great time to shout out our Facebook group. So if you haven't checked it out, go ahead and check us out on Man, I don't know like the actual URL, but we'll like link it in the comments or bio of this podcast. But you can go to AsianWanderWomen.com, right, Emily? It's Facebook.com slash groups slash Asian Wonder Woman. That's a direct link. Yeah, that's just like so complicated. Let's create a bitly link, <laughs> you know? Um, but but like we have a AsianWanderWoman.com is where you can find like all of the meetups, photos, blogs, and join the Facebook community. Facebook community is where like most connections happen. We also have chats by city, which recently Facebook came up with. That's really, really good. And a lot of things happen behind the scenes. I think once you make a post, there's lots of people that will DM everyone based on what location they're in, what they're interested in. We have a lot of like business owners, um, creators, artists, et cetera, and groups for that. So yeah, it's a really incredible place. Yeah. One thing I want to add too is like, because there are so many diverse talents in our community, like one of the initiatives we've been wanting to like draw out is to to highlight them. So we also have these like online events that have like workshops or just like discussions and like panels to really talk about like, you know, how to travel remote or like how to female travel solo or how do you become a LinkedIn creator and like 10x your like your following so there's a lot of different like skill sets that we've been tapping into from our members and just like bringing them up to the top and uh, sharing it with our community so you know it's not just like a social community it's also a learning community an education community uh, a wholesome community like <laughs> we're all we do it yeah. all just come to, yeah I think it's just really fun because we're just building it for ourselves too Everything that I want to learn. So for example, a few, I think one of our first events was on egg freezing because I'm like, Hey, maybe I want to freeze my eggs. It turns out like everyone like me in this community all are thinking the same thing. And that's like still one of our most popular events. And we just had one about like how to travel abroad and be a digital nomad where we had like a panel of people, like we have lawyers and like nurses that do this. So no matter who you are, like, I just want this community to be somewhere where people can find like-minded people of just doing things that is fairly unconventional. Of course, we have digital nomads, homads. So like we were laughing about that. It sounds like a hoe that's and a mad. mad. <laughs> um, but it's like someone that has a home and travels frequently, um, those who want to be digital nomads. And I'm just excited to see where this goes over the next few years because I'm married, I'll probably have kids in the next three years. Like, I think I'll forever have that travel bug and like want to learn about different cultures. And so the community will expand based on like its members. And Emily needs yeah. to find a boyfriend. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the community, I don't know, will help with that per se. That's more of like me trying to figure out where is the right city to actually lay down roots and develop good relationships with. Okay, but a lot of girls have asked for like, hey, can you create like an Asian male nomad group? I know. And so that we can like do dating events. Like no, some if an Asian guy who's a nomad is listening to it's this, tough. there is a market for it. There's like a Reddit thread that we went viral because someone's like hey there's an asian female nomad group but there's no asian male nomad group can someone create it but i just think we're not the right people 
someone posted in Subtle Asian Travel about like creating one for men. And then I saw like everyone was like, a lot of the men were like, yeah, let's create one. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And then there was no initiative done. So <laughs> I'm like, Ivy and I should just monetize on this. Ain't no people like action takers like us. Yeah, exactly. But it did take us like two to three years to build a community like this. So it's hard work. Like it's not easy. This stuff doesn't just happen overnight. It has not been two to three years. I just said it was like, we started in 2021. It's almost been two years. <laughs> I feel like it's been forever. It just feels very long. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty part of our identities now. Yeah, it really has been. But it's been such a great ride. Yeah. And this is just yeah. the beginning. I think this is a great time to finish the first episode. We've kind of been all over the place, but hopefully you've learned a little bit about us and our stories. Also, why you should join the community. <laughs> join us. <laughs> we hope to see you in our Facebook group and at our events, uh, maybe some in-person ones that are coming up. I think that we have events coming up in SoCal, for sure. Mm -hmm. Another one in Taiwan. In Taiwan again. Yeah. And a couple online ones as well. Yeah. And I think we have enough of a community in KL that's trying to organize uh, Chiang Mai as well. So... It's really like everywhere. So make sure that you join us and meet some of these incredible people. Thank you everyone for listening and being here. See you in the next episode. Yeah, I'm the baddest chick. Come down.